So I'd like to uh, go on and continue to give some instructions about the Anapanasati Sutta. So we've been focusing primarily uh, on the breathing, um, b breathing in the body. Uh, um, so, so knowing, be, becoming aware of the breath, and becoming sensitive to the characteristics of the breath, um, noticing the variations on the breath and how the breath changes, and um, and then uh, moving from focusing our primary attention on the breath to letting the breath kind of just drop into the background and bringing attention to the whole body. So being present in the whole body, sensitive to the whole body, and, um, and, um, and calming the body. And, and so it's, it, it's just that attention and mindfulness in the breath has the effect of calming the body. And, and there, there can be an experience that, that comes up. It, it could be just for a breath, or a couple of breaths, or, or for part of a sitting, that there's this sense of that the mind and the, and the breath and the body are unified. That there's a, a kind of um, just... Uh, we don't feel that so much that I am directing my attention at the breath, but that breath is happening, it's being known, and it's, it's unified. And this experience is, is called samadhi. And, um, and it's, a, it's a very lovely experience. It's very, it's very calm, it's very um, uh, integrating... Um, the Buddha had an image um, of of this process uh, of of the mind and body and and breath coming together, um, and he used the a metaphor of kneading dough. Um, I don't know how many people have kneaded dough these days. Um, when we we don't most people don't make our bread, but but. Um, and I, I don't either, but I have done it a, a few times or sometimes. And, um, and you know, you have the flour, you have all the dry ingredients, and, and, uh, and then you add the liquid ingredients, and, and you mix it together, and it's all kind of um, lumpy. It's not, it's not integrated. And then, and then you, you, know, you pour it out on a, on a board, and you begin to fold it and knead it, and you, you gather it in, and you... You, need, you fold it and you gather all the loose bits and you, you press it down and knead it again and again. And it becomes uh, evenly textured. And the Buddha used this as a, a metaphor uh, to, to, you know, how, how the, that evenness of texture can be experienced of the body, mind, and breath. Um, that there's a uh, just a, a, a unity of, of presence of awareness. 
um, which just permeates the body. And this, this moves into the, the second uh, group that we talked about, this, this um, rapture, this experience of a rapture. Rapture sounds <coughs> very uh, kind of esoteric. Uh, it's, it's a word that translates the Pali word piti. And, um, and the experience of it is simply, uh, and it, it, it's, it's kind of um, this, this, this quality of uh, energy and um, like full attention. Uh, it's, it's a pleasant experience. And, and we can touch it in our, um, in our meditation. It can be very subtle, or it can be actually quite strong. And, um, and sometimes people find it um, so strong that it's almost a little difficult uh, because the energy can be very strong. So maybe some of you have experienced that you know, at, at this retreat or other retreats. Uh, and... And so, you know, the only, what, what, what we're to do is not to, I mean, it's, it's usually a rather pleasant thing, but, but it's just to observe it. it. It's a natural outcome of the, the mind, the body, and the breath coming together and, and becoming unified, being experienced in that way. So, um, so that, that uh, experience of rapture which can move into something smoother, gentler, um, more uh, easeful, um, sukha, happiness. And, uh, and so these, <clears throat> it's, I, f- I found it really interesting as I was studying this discourse that, that, that this kind of lays the groundwork, this, this, this quality of... Um, the mind being present and and coming together lays the groundwork for us to be sensitive to our mental processes and um, and calming mental processes, which are the the next two in the second group on feelings. So sensitive to our mental processes. So when the body becomes more calm, we can be more sensitive to what's going on in the mind so um, so I, we're going to I'm going to invite you to move more into this kind of observation uh, during the day today to, to be to just you know as you breathe so we're, we're continuing to connect to the breath like in, in our sitting in walking in just going around the, the, the building and doing the things that we need to do. Just connect to the breath in a, in a kind of light way. And as we connect to the breath, um, just bring that kind of observation of, you know, what, what's the mind doing? What's, what's going on in the mind? Are there inner conversations? Are there... Um, you know, is there some kind of uh, feeling, feeling about something that happened, uh, or feeling about something that didn't happen? 
that you expect it to happen or want it to happen? Is there some kind of um, anticipation or or uh, worry or or anxiety about something that may happen or, or or you're afraid will happen or you're afraid won't happen so um, so so just um, really bringing our attention with a lot of you know a lot of kindness uh, where you know we're um, in the morning we're um, we're chanting about the the four qualities, the four boundless qualities of heart, of of loving kindness and compassion and and joy and equanimity, and so these permeate our mindfulness practice. So, with a lot of kindness, of compassion, um, we uh, we can bring our inquiry into what mental states are going on. And um, so, so if we notice, you know, ill will coming up, you know, resentment or, or uh, judgment around towards somebody, you know, just notice that. And, um, and, and so give that, give that space without pushing it away um, you might bring forth this quality of loving kindness um, remind yourself of loving kindness of um, uh, just as just as I want to be happy and peaceful and free from suffering so does this other person want to be happy and peaceful and free from suffering and um, and so uh, and breathing, breathing uh, in, noticing ill will, breathing out, noticing ill will. Um, notice what happens as you just give it space and breathe in, breathe out. Um, it's it it kind of that hook, that hook that. That you know, was kind of connecting you. That that we were identifying with that ill will. Um, just kind of uh, may unhook itself as you give it space, and as you uh, remember to touch uh, your capacity for loving kindness. So give give space for your experience to simply be. <clears throat> the um, there's a uh, there was there's a saying um, that I I came across. That I, I found really powerful um, from the uh, Chinese 
Chinese Zen masters, ancient Chinese Zen masters, and that they they said that when we're not mindful, when we're just kind of going about our activities and we're just lost in you know hopes and fears and and talking to ourselves and um, disconnected from the moment, the present moment, just caught up in our our dream world. That they said that we're we're killing life. We're it sounds kind of you know wow killing life that's that's pretty uh, hardcore. Uh, um, another teacher said, you know, that he realized he began to realize when he first started meditating that when when he was not mindful that he wasn't fully alive. Maybe that's an easier way to hear it. You know, I'm not fully alive when I'm not being mindful. And then uh, another saying that I I read in uh, from Larry Rosenberg which I found really beautiful, is that when we are fully mindful, we're giving life to life. So I, I, I really love that, that you know, we're, we're fully present, and we're fully alive, and we're, we're, we're pouring our life into life. <laughs> we're giving life to life. Uh, so, um, so those are images that I, I find really helpful. So I'm going to um, read also the second, the second uh, group, the second tetrad on the mind. It kind of, it kind of comes. Feelings and the mind—they're—they're they're quite connected, because you know feelings are natural. As I was saying yesterday, we we experience, um, you know, we we look around. You know, visually, we experience um, something like, like I, I'm looking at a shirt somebody's wearing, and I just wow, that pink! Oh, I love it. Pleasant, pleasant. So, really, um, uh, yeah, it's not something that I choose. It's not something. It just happens. It arises with the seeing. Pleasant. So, but. It doesn't need to be accompanied by, you know, I want to get something that color, or uh, I want that, or I, you know, I'm going to get that. It it just it it just can arise and pass away. Pleasant, a sound, sounds of a bird, uh, perhaps, you know, sounds of the rain. So hearing the rain this morning as you woke up, you know, was it pleasant? Was it unpleasant? Was it neutral? Um, so, so aware of feelings, aware of feeling tone with, with our sensory experiences. And, you know, they come so fast, moment by moment, we can't be aware of all the, um, the different feeling tones that are continually arising and passing away. But, but we might be aware of some. And, and then we might be aware, if when we're mindful, we might be aware if there's a, a kind of a reaching out and wanting, or a pushing back 
and resisting, don't like that, don't want that. Or a turning away and avoiding. A lot of our reactivity has to do with turning away from experience that we don't like and we don't want. A lot of addiction has to do with um, distracting ourselves from unpleasant experiences, you know. Uh, I feel a little bit sad and all of a sudden, you know, I'm at the fridge and the door is open and I'm peering inside, uh, wondering, uh, you know, what can I do to distract myself? I don't, that was an old pattern, I don't do that so much anymore, but I certainly know it well. And, um, and it's, it's a painful one, actually, because uh, it, it, you know, there's that compulsion to, um, to, to, to run away, to turn away, to turn away from what's calling us in our hearts. You know, so can I, instead of, instead of being afraid of just touching into that sadness, can I just turn toward it? And with, you know, staying with the breath, just breathing and being present and giving space for sadness, giving space for confusion. Um, you know, <clears throat> confusion comes up in, in the mind, in, in this mind, <laughs> a lot. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, I don't know. I don't know what to do about this or that. Um, and so, so just turning toward it and allowing that not knowing to be. Um, it's hard to be with not knowing. It, it, it feels like we have this idea, this, these fix-it minds want to fix it, want to solve it, want to do something. So can I be with the not knowing? So, um, so when, when we turn toward a feeling uh, or, a, you know, something that comes out of uh, a, a pleasant, unpleasant feeling like grasping or aversion, you know, that becomes an experience, a mental experience. And then... Um, and and then uh, and then we can, that can become our object. So we can give that our full attention. It's just staying connected to the breathing and 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 making that, giving that our full attention. And as we do that, we notice that um, first of all that that I am not anger. That anger is just present. I am not sadness. Sadness is present. So we experience the space around it. And then the mind group uh, of, <coughs> of, t- of verses um, kind of expresses a process. So I'll just read these. One trains oneself, 
Sensitive to the mind, I breathe in. One trains oneself. Sensitive to the mind, I breathe out. So sensitive, like instead of instead of just being lost in our world, uh, we're attending. We're we're bringing that attention with the breath, like okay, just what's happening, uh, turning toward our inner our inner being. What's happening? Uh, in this inner world. One trains oneself, gladdening the mind. I breathe in. One trains oneself, gladdening the mind. I breathe out. So that's interesting. So does that mean that, you know, oh, I have to, I have to, uh, you know, be glad <laughs> or, or be happy or, you know, somehow if there's sadness that, that that's not okay. The process is that as we, as we open to whatever there is, even if it's difficult, that the mind does gladden. That's, that's what happens. It may not gladden just like that, but as we give it space and we notice that it moves, it moves through, it becomes something else, that the mind does gladden. One trains oneself steadying the mind, I breathe in. One trains oneself steadying the mind, I breathe out. So we experience that we don't need to be, that, there's, that there is this, this <coughs> space that we can um, be present within. And we don't need to be in the turmoil of of our agitated minds. That even if the mind is agitated, as we are sensitive to it, present with it, it becomes, we, fe- we begin to experience more steadiness in the mind. And then the final verse is, one trains oneself liberating the mind I breathe in. One trains oneself liberating the mind I breathe out. So what does liberation mean in this sense? It simply means that the attachment to that mental state releases, that we're liberated from the identification with that mental state, whatever it is. Um, so, you know, even a mental state which is, which may be pleasant, um, when we're attached to it, can become, can cause suffering. Like for example, you know, like when you do something and, you, and, and it really works well, you, know, you, you have that experience sometimes that you do something and, and you think, wow, that, that really went well, that was great. And, uh, and then, and then there's, there's joy, there can be joy. But then, then you can attach to it, right? And then, and then, uh, then it can. Once we start constructing a self around it, like, oh, you know, I, I'm really good at that, and 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 then and then as soon as you have the self, you think, well, maybe somebody will think I'm not good at that, or maybe somebody won't like what I did, or you know, all, as soon as we're we're constructing it and identifying it. So, so, so just 
noticing when we attach, when there's an attachment, when we get hooked by, you know, mental states, which is pleasant, unpleasant. They can be known and they can move through us. So I just want to open uh, before we um, we sit. Are there any questions or comments about that from your own experience? And we also will have time to talk about it in the groups. But just um, if there's anything that you find unclear or or that uh, came to mind as as I was speaking that you wanted to respond to. Spoke about um, noticing ill will when that comes up. Noticing ill will. Ill will, yeah. And just becoming aware of it and making space for it, which is usually enough to um, uh, not act on it, making space. And what about when ill will is directed toward us? Yeah. Could could you talk about that briefly? Right. Right. Yeah, it's painful, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really painful. So, um, yeah, I I had that experience recently, so it's fresh. <laughs> uh, um, so, so you know, it, what what can what come, can come up is that we react with ill will, right? So that. That could be the reaction. It's, uh, um, it's, uh, we, you know, and the, and then, and then, if we're sensitive to the process, then we realize that, you know, pretty quickly that having ill will is very painful. You know, we're 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 just continuing the pain. We're continuing the suffering, right? Because returning ill will for ill will. I mean, even if we're not acting on it just even harboring it in the mind is is painful. So so underneath the will is the sense of hurt, the sense of feeling, you know, um, rejected, you know, or or uh, demeaned or um, uh, not appreciated, not not received, not loved, all of these things which are so, you know, so core. Right? We all want to, we all want to have a sense of belonging and being accepted. And so, um, so being with that, just, uh, I find just giving space to that in a very simple and direct way with compassion, with kindness toward myself. And, um, and then uh, cultivating compassion for, toward the one who expressed the ill will. Um, because, because that comes from delusion. That comes from uh, a sense of, you know, it comes from a lot of unskillful ways of being that are, that are creating um, probably a lot of suffering in this individual's life. So, so um, 
Yeah, it could be a process, but but for me, that's you know, bring just giving giving space for my own hurt, reactivity, um, and uh, allowing it to move through, um, and bringing kindness toward myself and compassion um, for somebody who is kind of has habits of acting out you know harmful in harmful ways and and uh, and wishing them well that's that's how I work with it and it's you know it's something to to work with because it might you know might let it go and it might resurface um, any any response uh, does that make sense yeah it makes sense it's um, difficult to feel defenseless that that's the other uh, aspect of that so working with that what what does it mean to feel helpless and defenseless yeah when someone is willfully Right. Yeah. I, I I guess it depends on the situation too, because sometimes um, I mean, if it's um, if it's something that's in passing, then you know, well, what do we have to defend, right? Like you know, if it's but if it's something that's present in your life, again and again, you know, in your workplace, in your family, um, where um, where you're continually being you know kind of attacked in some way or aggressed against I guess then um, you know we we need to we need to uh, respect ourselves and care for ourselves as well as caring for others so so yeah I, I there's no there's no uh, Obviously, said answer. It depends on the conditions, but I think it's important that 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 not be a um, you know something that we submit to. There's there's no there's no you know teaching that says you know you have to be doormat <laughs> that you have to just allow yourself to be mistreated. Um, so. Um, but it's it's you know it's not it's not easy it's not easy when people when we're in and this is one of the things that the Buddha listed and you know things that are painful and create suffering is you know being with people we don't want to be with <laughs> um, you know being separated from those we we love is one and then being with people that we don't want to be with. Uh, that we don't enjoy being with, that it's difficult to be with. And, um, and so, yeah, uh, with, with mindfulness and, and equanimity, um, you know, we find ways to, uh, strategies, ways of coping, ways of responding, you know, you hope that you can, you know, be reasonable with somebody, uh, create some sense of boundary. Eh, 
it's not always possible. It can be. I understand there's like a spectrum, isn't there? There's a spectrum in Buddhism of how, what, what a situation demands, and you know, yeah. you look at that spectrum and choose. Yeah, I, I mean, there are there are many teachings and many stories that the Buddha teaches, that the Buddha gives about how he worked with different situations, and, and you know, so there are examples that maybe we could draw from. There's one example where, you know, somebody comes to him, uh, you know, another. There, there were many, many, many different spiritual teachers at the time. Um, and uh, and you know the Buddha was just was one among many, and uh, and and often they seem to be uh, you know trying to prove each other wrong, <laughs> you know, like your doctrine is wrong and your doctrine is wrong, and um, and um, anyway, this 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 teacher, the spiritual teacher, came to the Buddha um, one day and. And said, uh, and, and was very angry. Very, uh, his, his behavior was quite, you know, abusive in the way he talked. And uh, and he said, you know, what you're teaching is wrong, and it's, you know, and and you're, you know, uh, it, it got personal. I don't remember. <laughs> you know, you're you're not a good teacher. All of this, and 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 the Buddha sat and listened, and and, and he was silent. And, uh, and who knows what he was experiencing, but he, he just didn't respond. He just kind of, you know, listened. And, uh, and then, so the te- that, that, that annoyed the teacher that was talking to him and said, aren't you going to, aren't you going to respond? Aren't you going to, you know, defend yourself? And, and the Buddha said, you know, your students bring you your, you know, your offerings, the meals. You know, the, this was traditional; it still is in some places that that uh, students or people from the town would would give the food to the teacher, the local teacher. And, uh, well, students bring you food, and you know, you take what you, what you need, and and then when when other people come and bring you more and more and more, you know, do you take it or do you leave it with, with the people who brought it? And he said, well, I leave it with the people who brought it. And he said, well, that's what I'm doing with you. I'm leaving it, <laughs> leaving it with you. You know, I don't need it. <laughs> so, uh, so that, I, you know, it's not, it, it does, didn't feed him. It wasn't useful. So well, it stays with you. Uh, it's, it's, I think that's a good little story that uh, can um, kind of. It's not about me, you know. It's not about. It's not about us. It's it, it's coming from that person, from their, from their, uh, whatever it is, their conditions that they're working with, that they're living with, and and that are kind of coming through them and. And we don't need to, we don't need to take it in. We don't need to eat it. We can just leave it with them. Okay, so let's, uh, okay, one little one. Just a a quick question. 
since we have yoga integrated with this uh, retreat, I was curious about the fact that um, we don't do any breathing techniques the way some yoga practices do that uh, they say help you know, uh, develop your meditation practice. So I just wonder if you could comment on the, the way the pranayama is is or isn't integrated yeah. into this tradition. Yeah, so it's very clearly taught that in this particular form of meditation, uh, the Anapanasati, or the Vipassana teaching, <coughs> that we don't control the breath. It's right there. The, if the breath is long, if the breath is short, if the breath is shallow or deep, or whatever it is, just let it be as it is. And, and that's a deep teaching on that we're not controlling life. The body is breathing. And, I mean, there, it's not that we should never control our breathing. Uh, it's not that there aren't methods of breathing that, that may be helpful in, in balancing the body and the, balancing the energies of the body. So it's not that you should never do that. But it's that in the meditation and in general in the practice, just allowing the breath to be as it is and noticing how mindfulness interacts with the breath, conditions the breath, how mindfulness conditions the body, how mindfulness interacts with feelings and mental states. That's, that's the kind of the really interesting thing that we're examining in the practice. So, um, so we're, not, we're not bringing a technique to the breath in general, unless, you know, at a certain, in a certain moment we decide I'm going to do, you know, a certain kind of pranayama, and then that's fine. But in, in general, in the meditation, we're just noticing the breath and noticing all of our, um, all of our inner experiences, inner bodily experiences, feeling, and mental experiences, noticing that they come and go, that we're not in control of what comes and goes, and that, and that when we can be with uh, each experience mindfully, that it, uh, and and I'm going to talk more in more depth about this at the Dharma talk this afternoon, that, that each one is impermanent. And, and each one is, um, you know, because it's impermanent, we can't hold on to it to give us happiness. And because it comes from causes and conditions, it's selfless. It's not, it doesn't have uh, kind of some kind of intrinsic solid core of self. So, so in this way, uh, investigating, mindfully investigating each experience, allowing it to be what it is and investigating it mindfully um, deepens our wisdom. And so, so that's why it's important not to be controlling the breath on an ongoing basis, but as a, as a particular practice at a particular time. It's fine. 
Okay, so let's let's do a little bit of of uh, practice. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.